Welcome back to another Crypto Daily 3 at 3. Um, and boy, what a day. So uh, I, I unfortunately couldn't avoid starting with uh, what everyone has been talking about for the last few hours, which are some pretty serious allegations against uh, Justin Sun, the head of Tron. So um, let's get into this. So first, uh, I saw this morning, uh, Cointelegraph was one of the first to report. It was a story that was uh, originated in China, kind of from, at that point, uh, suspect sources that um, the cancellation of the, the lunch, the famous meal with Warren Buffett, was not actually about um, kidney stones, as had been reported, but was uh, Justin Sun being detained uh, in part of maybe ongoing investigations in China. Um, and so... You know, at first this was a little bit questionable, and then pretty soon uh, you started to have some people start to put together the pieces. So um, CN Ledger, which covers crypto, crypto in China, um, put together this graphic showing how there was kind of a variety of different uh, things that might have been combining. So um, Justin's other app. Uh, and what was going on with that, um, the sort of Tron users who were mad because they got hooked into some uh, Ponzi scheme, um, which was in the news a couple weeks ago. And then the the Warren Buffett lunch, which seems to have gotten a, attention for um, just why, why this guy has enough money to pay almost $5 million for a lunch, what that means and what the implications are. So they started speculating about basically that... Uh, the border control in China was was potentially detaining them. Um, again, this is all still speculation, uh, but pretty soon uh, it was confirmed, I guess, by uh, one of one of the more reputable kind of financial uh, reporting sources in China. Um, and so, obviously, you know, you can read uh, the block, you can check out um, uh, CoinDesk's coverage of this. But effectively, that it seems like Justin is being barred from leaving China right now um, under Chinese government control, meaning he's not facing formal charges at this time, but is not allowed to leave the country. Um, uh, and this is according to, I guess, reputable outlets in China, right? And so there's a lot of uh, of kind of response to this, obviously. For some, Justin Sun and Tron represent kind of the, the peak brazenness of scams. Um, for others, they're just kind of, you know, offering something different in the spectrum of decentralization, let's say. Um, although I think that that's a kind of a different subset. But whatever the case, as uh, as Larry from The Block points out, Tron is down 22% as Justin Sun is under Chinese government control. So obviously huge financial implications. Um, you also have uh, Arrington, who uh, I guess a few months ago, maybe a couple months ago, said, Canary in the coal mine for US crypto regulation is Justin Sun Tron. He currently resides as a free man in San Francisco, as he should. If when he flees the country or is arrested, we will know the US isn't messing around anymore. It'll be war then. Um, he kind of said, I, I called it, but basically, got the wrong country. Um, you have uh, Dovi and uh, and Sue, uh, who are both pointing out the connections to Fan Bingbing, who was basically an a influencer and, uh, and an actress and disappeared, was disappeared effectively for three months before coming back and apologizing for tax evasion. Um, Dovi pointed out in a, in a previous uh in a previous tweet that this is um, pretty complicated for her. So there's clearly a, a tension uh, in some circles around um, whatever they may think about Justin and also the sort of uh, authoritarianism of Chinese, author uh, Chinese uh, government.
right? So um, let's talk about the implications. And I know I'm running over a little bit of the three minutes, but this is kind of a this is kind of a, a big one. Obviously, people are talking about this in, in a huge way. Um, so there's the like what what about this might be bad for crypto? Um, let's talk about the implications for crypto as a whole, rather than just Tron or or, or Justin Sun. So uh, Noel, who does the institutional investor column for CoinDesk right side. This is not good news. After all the hype over the lunch with Warren Buffett, you can hear the collective eye roll from traditional finance, a setback. So basically her point is that kind of the, the bad side of this for um, anyone interested in, in any sort of mainstreaming of crypto is that this kind of sets back the argument of the legitimacy of the whole space, right? I mean, tons of people made the joke that you effectively have Warren Buffett calling, uh, you know, a, crypto, which is one big scam, or scam after scam after scam. And this guy who kind of found his way around the system to get a lunch with Buffett um, is now under investigation for being a scam. So um, that sort of reinforces, I think, a narrative potentially that a lot of people who are staying on the sidelines in, in crypto uh, have about just what the nature of the space is. Um, so I think that that's you know, worth, worth noting. Uh, what might be the argument that this is good for crypto? I think that the the argument that this is good for crypto in some way is an argument that these scams need to be fleshed out, right? To the extent that Tron is a scam, to the extent that this becomes more than just rumors and hearsay today, um, if it is something actually kind of dubious going on, that we need this space to be kind of cleaned out of this actor uh, and uh, and our energy needs to be focused on real, real things. Um, I think that there's a, a, a kind of a medium argument, I guess, between the good and the bad, which is almost that some amount of this is inevitable, right? That, you know, it may take law enforcement a while to catch up, uh, but ultimately there's kind of inevitable, painful probably process in terms of public perception of this whole industry where, um, you know, things that were kind of engaging in dubious behavior, projects, exchanges, what have you, a couple of years ago are going to start to find themselves still within the purview of law enforcement and it's going to be an issue. Um, I, you know, I think that it's important to note that this is all still kind of hearsay and that we shouldn't uh, make too many conclusions. But, you know, like it or not, uh, Tron and Justin Sun have put themselves at the, you know, in kind of a, a, a clear loud, um, visible position within the crypto industry, uh, whether you think they're influential or not. And this is going to have implications. So uh, worth watching, um, certainly interesting, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it. But with that, let's move on to number two, which is drama right here within a community instead of outside. Um, so I noticed this kind of explode over the last few days. Uh, I'm sure some of you have too. Um, a, a, a EIP 2025. Uh, so it's a basically a, a funding proposal um, that would uh, increase Ethereum's inflation in order to fund uh, new developer activities. It would be kind of like a built-in uh, block reward subsidy effectively for development activities. And so um, I think a lot of people, this came to their attention after Eric Connor's tweet, reading through the latest Ethereum core dev call notes, and it appears that EIP 2025 is being seriously considered as an EIP for Istanbul. EIP 2025 adds 0.044 ETH per block for 3.1 million blocks to go to a dev fund. Absolutely absurd. This cannot happen. He posts the call notes. Um, it's actually a typo and it's 0.0055 ETH per block. 
uh, but he says it still still matters. And a lot of folks in this community came out very aggressively against this. So you have um, Tom Shaughnessy, who admittedly is not deep in the Ethereum community, but he watches it closely in his role at Delphi Digital. Um, I'm against CIP 2025. I like ongoing funding when it's agreed by stakeholders, not a one-off project. Um, limited discussion, uh, Malik Dao, by which he means that there's alternatives. Speaking of Malik Dao, Amin uh, also came out. Amin, so the founder and CEO of Spank Chain, uh, also one of the guys who, who got Malik Dao off the ground. I oppose the IE, EIP 2025 to fund ETH1.X from new block rewards. Um, and he has a bunch of different reasons. He references a, a tweet storm of his from uh, April about why he's changing his mind about using block reward funding for development. Um, you had Ryan uh, Adams, Ryan Sean Adams, come out, says, I oppose it. It's refreshing to see, though, that adversarial thinkers in the Ethereum community are finding their voice. This will make Ethereum more anti-fragile in the long run. So you have a lot of folks who came out against this pretty quickly, um, so much so that some uh, external observers notice that it's kind of maybe a non-issue, right? That there's a real question about to what extent this is actually being debated. Um, and Udi basically seemed to, seemed to makes the argument that this is really just uh, kicking up hay for no reason. Um, it wasn't being seriously considered. Now, in a previous conversation, Eric, who's kind of thread kicked it all off, he responded to Udi by saying, like, am I supposed to just, are we supposed to just take it on faith that it's not being seriously considered? Isn't our job as the community to to make a, such a stink, to kick up such a stink? Um, you have, yeah, others from outside the community, Tur, who's kind of saying centralized currency schemes will always be tempted by seniorage inflation tax. So he's kind of broadening it out to a critique of Ethereum and, and anything like it in general. Um, but then I guess you have uh, the, this kind of other piece, which I think is, is worth referencing just at the end of this. So the reason that this matters, um, it's not necessarily going to be a big thing in terms of this proposal. Uh, in fact, I, th I saw someone else, I wish I had it posted, but um, uh, Brian, who, who's in the Ethereum community, wrote it. Basically, can a uh, can a proposal be be like ridiculed out of existence? Um, and so it's, it's unlikely that this is going to see uh, come to pass. Um, it seems like there's not broad community support for it. Um, it quite the opposite. But I think that the reason that this is an interesting issue and why it's such a hot issue is um, there's, there's an ongoing question within any crypto community about how funding should be paid for or how development rather should be paid for. Um, and you you see it in, in multiple different communities. It comes up in Bitcoin. It comes up in Ethereum. Uh, it certainly comes up in, in any other project. Um, just last week, we looked at the difference between uh, or the, the Ycash fork of Zcash, which was effectively about making sure that Zcash in its new form, Ycash, never went back against its word to uh, only allocate 10% of the total, you know, 21 million um, ZECs that were going to be uh, ever issued to funding development. Um, so this this conversation almost started in some ways at ZCon a couple months ago, uh, or last month, I guess, when one of the Ethereum core developers, Lane Reddick, said that the Zcash community discussing uh, ending their block reward at the same time the Ethereum community is struggling to create one. And he says, if you're listening, don't kill your block reward. So the point is that this is contentious and there isn't yet exactly a norm for how ongoing protocol development should be funded. Um, and, uh, you know, expect to see more of this debate. It's going to happen um, across protocols, uh, across communities. I can't see this ending anytime soon. Um, so with that, let's switch to, to one final uh, thing for today. 
So uh, crypto in India and hashtag India wants crypto. So, um, you know, I follow a number. I try to follow people from different crypto communities, geographic communities all around the world. And I noticed yesterday uh, that there was a thread um, kind of summarizing uh, the Inter-Ministerial Committee to the Indian Government on Virtual Currencies. And basically, uh, the, the thread was making the argument that this is just confirmation of the bias. And India, from a regulatory standpoint, has been pretty hostile to, uh, to crypto. And this seems to just really reinforce that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of the same rhetoric you hear. So no underlying intrinsic value, lacks all attributes of money, no fixed value, no store of value, not a medium of exchange, extremely volatile. Therefore, the committee is of the clear view that private cryptocurrencies should not be allowed. Um, you also saw people, uh, Indian politicians, reinforcing that. I am happy that now this is a, an Indian PM, I think. I'm happy that now government committee recommended government for banning on private cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin, recommending criminal action. My fight against these Ponzo cryptocurrencies reaching the logical end, uh, thanks to, and he quotes the the, the authors. Um, so uh, this is, you know, one of the people in the in the crypto community reposted this and said, Indian bureaucrats are hailing criminal action recommended against cryptocurrencies. These power-hungry politicians are ruining the future for current generations. Um, interestingly, this caught the notice of folks over here as well in the US. So Pomp yesterday said, we need to pay attention to what's happening in India around cryptocurrency regulation. I'm willing to fly and meet with lawmakers and regulators if someone can help get me a meeting. Um, who can help? And so why might Palm be interested in this? Well, for one, one of the big questions that uh, US regulators had last week for, um, for Libra was if you're trying to unbank or bank the unbanked, a huge portion of them live in India, which is completely hostile to crypto. So how is that going to work? Um, so that was an interesting question that there wasn't really a good answer for. So in response to Pomp, uh, Charlie Schramm posted that next month, I'm sitting down with an Indian member of parliament for the majority party, sits on the committee for finance and defense. I'll get the lowdown and release it on untold stories. So this kind of turned into an interesting uh, thing where maybe we'll see this kind of cross-border exploration or more discussion. You know, I I think it's um I think it's cool to see that folks uh, around the world are getting interested in this but I, I wanted to kind of leave on the note that um, there is a really strong and maybe it's a small but it's it's a, a loud passionate community uh, that is uh, that is really trying to make India safe for crypto uh, even more so than it is and is pointing out that there's already innovation going on um, so you have over here uh, was your ex who says time to send physical letters to our uh, FM and PM appeal to everyone who wants to make a difference come up with a good detailed letter about why there are flaws in the committee report why India should be positively regulated in crypto we'll share the the final copy here 490 likes um, you have uh, CEOs Shalini says CEOs of Facebook Tesla Twitter believe crypto is the future only thing guard committee will achieve with this proposal one create an Indian crypto black market two millions of Indians lose their jobs three loss of investments in India let's hope the government realizes this too. Hashtag India wants crypto. Um, I think as cool as it is to see Pomp and Charlie uh, heading to India, I think they can be great allies for this. Um, these are the voices that I think are really important. We need local leadership to put this on the agenda, to explain to their leaders why it matters. Uh, and, and we need to be there to support them. So I'm going to be watching this a lot more. Um, folks who are involved in crypto in India, if there's anything else that, that we can do or that I can do, uh, let me know. This platform is yours. Um, and with that, I'm going to wrap up. Uh, we'll hang out and discuss a little bit more for anyone that has questions. But yeah, thanks for hanging out, guys. I'll see you tomorrow.